What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Muscle Experience. My name is Tyler Egan, and I will be your host. In the modern day world, many humans now believe that the human body is inherently flawed. It is my goal with this podcast to bring you the information to help you with your nutrition and fitness, to help you see what the human body is truly capable of, and to help you win the war within, giving you the ultimate mind muscle experience. Push myself to my limits, I'm in it to win it. Forget the beginning, it's now that you're living. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the greatest fitness, mindset, nutritional, I don't even know, everything in the realm of health and wellness podcast in the world. And it's not just me saying that, but it's actually just me saying that. I have a very biased opinion. I have an awesome episode for you guys today. Today, I am joined by a special guest, um, one of three to be coming up in the next few weeks here. Uh, And this episode, today's episode, will also be on YouTube. Um, Today, I am joined by Justin Delo Cruz. Justin is a Run Everything Labs, that's a supplement company, um, Run Everything Labs professional athlete, among other things. And I'm not going to go crazy to detailing it because we talk about it in the episode and I intro him in there too. But so Justin's a, a, a Run Everything Labs athlete. He is a power builder slash power lifter because he actually competes. And we discuss all things, you know, mental health related, strength, and how the two go hand in hand. What? I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it always comes down to the mindset. It always comes down to the mindset. So we're going to talk about all that stuff today. Um, we talk about how, you know, it doesn't matter what numbers on the bar. What it really matters is what you're telling yourself as you approach the bar, as you approach the dumbbells, whatever the case may be. All right. But before we start the episode, guys, just a couple of quick things. I did finally launch my website. Uh, the link will be in the show note. I have a free core mobility routine up for download there. I will, I'm also working on releasing a program in the next month or so here that, that this core mobility routine is a part of. Uh, my plan is to release the program with full-length YouTube videos as well, so it's going to take a little bit of time to do all that. So be on the lookout for all that, guys. Links will be in the show notes. You can connect with Justin also. I will put his social media in the show notes along with his bio in regards to Run Everything Labs. And uh, if you guys enjoy the episode, reach out to Justin, connect with him, let him know what you thought of today's episode. Enjoy, my friends. Everybody, welcome back to the Mind Muscle Experience. Today, I am joined by Justin Dilo Cruz. Justin is a two-time NPC national qualifier, a Run Everything Labs uh, professional athlete, a husband, a father, and if I'm not mistaken, now a power lifter, right? Yeah. Or do do you consider yourself more of a power builder? Because I know the two both terms have been floated around a little bit. Hybrid, so power builder. Okay, and so. Originally, I wasn't going to start here, but I was thinking about this on the way here. I'm just like, would you mind explaining that a bit more? I have an idea, but I don't know how I would actually explain that to other people. So the whole power builder term kind of came about a few years ago when the whole strength and aesthetics kind of merged. And it was kind of like we care about our physique just as much as we care about our strength. So um, you want to take it back to like real life situations. Like everyone cares about what they look like, but if you can, you can look pretty, you can have the abs, the big biceps, but if you're not strong, there's almost no point, right? Because at the end you're, I wouldn't say worthless, but in a time of need, there's no functionality. There's no functionality. I gotcha. Yeah. That makes sense. So that's kind of where, it's kind of where it came. So it's, it's, uh, you know, our focus is, we, we have our compound movements, so we're recording in the gym. So we got platform, bench, squat. Um, but we also really hammer those accessories in between it all. And, and the accessories, do they help? Are, they, they, are the accessories more for building the aesthetic or is it more for trying to increase the strength on the, the compound movements? Um, so we'll have the compound movement first and then we'll have our accessory movement, which is more correlated with the compound movement and then you'll have your sub accessory work and then like your you know any other uh supersets you want to do finishers so okay so you have accessories for that cover both so some for the aesthetic some some for to help boost your but it all it all you know it all comes full circle okay just you know it builds and sculpts the body makes sense yeah 
All right, cool. So I just wanted to kind of cover that so we had a clear definition of what a power builder was, so <laughs> I, I, I didn't get confused. Um, so when I was getting ready for this podcast, I noticed that you used to have it, I think, on your Instagram, but you were a two-time uh, NPC national qualifier, so you, yeah. did per, you did do bodybuilding. Yeah, yeah. What, uh, what made you go from uh, bodybuilding to powerlifting? So I competed in men's physique. Um, the first time I did it, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I just kind of did it. And no, I played, no coach or anything? No. Oh, wow. That's, that's impressive. Yeah, and I placed third. Wow. Um, All right. The second time through, I kind of I had a buddy um, that helped me a little bit. And we went in, and we were killing it. Like, I don't, I don't like bragging, but we were. We were first call-outs, first to center stage, and somehow ended up third again. When it, and long story short, a lot of it's politics. And it just... At the end of the day, I, I didn't really like that I was putting in hours and hours of work in the gym to be judged on how I looked. Were a lot of the was, judges kind of like they were they actually were they actually involved in the sport themselves, or were they like dad bods sitting there judging you up on stage? Uh oh god I, I only got to meet one of them and definitely dad bod. Yeah. <laughs> so I only met one guy. I can yeah. see why you would say and, that. And. You know, it just, when I really got, it's a very mental, like a mentally health industry. Like a lot of people that do it, they're doing it for the wrong reasons. And, you know, they're, they want to feel like that's a healthy approach and it's not. Bodybuilding? Yeah, it's, it's not. But I don't know. I just, I think I would rather, at that point I was like, I want to dabble in powerlifting because you're either going to do it or you don't rather so if you put all that work in and you don't do it that's on you right but you can be the best looking guy on stage but if they don't like you oh yeah all of it's for nothing at that exactly point. that makes sense so and then you should so, so then you shifted the powerlifting but you still wanted to maintain the aesthetic so I mean, we were talking about this before we started yeah, 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 doing yeah. this but um so yeah so when i transitioned over into powerlifting um I really liked it. It was very different. But then I kind of started to feel weird because I didn't have as much volume as I was used to. And I didn't like how my body was starting to shape and then how it was starting to feel. I felt more lethargic uh, throughout the days. I was getting tired And earlier. how was it starting to shape? Um, I was losing muscle definition. Okay. Like completely. But I was getting stronger but it was going away. More and fluff I, type of thing? I don't want to say fat, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not even fluff. It was just there. The body was just there. You know what I mean? It was just there was arms, there was legs, and it just wasn't... I didn't... I, I Maybe I was doing it wrong, but um, it was at that point, it's like, it kind of just like, was like, all right, we need to mold the two together. I know it's going to take longer to get stronger, but at the end of the day, you're going to feel good about yourself and you're still going to be going in the direction that you want to go. Okay. So that makes sense. I like that. I can appreciate that too, especially because uh, I do agree with you. I think a lot of people look at bodybuilding like it's a, it's a means to a healthier life. And I, th I guess there's probably some aspects in there, but it's taking to an extreme. Now, I don't have any experience, so I'm curious to hear your opinion on that. So it can be a driver for a better lifestyle because when you're bodybuilding, especially if you're competing and you're doing it right, you will learn a healthy relationship with food. We were talking about that earlier. Yeah, You have to. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You're going to become more disciplined. Mm, so now if, if you can take that discipline and apply it towards positive actions, you're going to create a better lifestyle. So I think that if everyone did it once, the world would probably be a better place. Yeah. <laughs> because everyone would be more disciplined. So where, where do you think a lot of people go wrong with bodybuilding and it leads towards more of like an unhealthy um, relationship, whether it be with food or with themselves? I mean, because body dysmorphia is definitely a thing. The body dysmorphia part. Uh, it, when is enough enough? Think of bodybuilding now. I mean, who can be the biggest? Right. You know, they're really pushing it. So when is enough enough is kind of where it comes from. 
and there's other there's other people who have talked about that but just for the general population um women i i feel can be a bigger or a better example because women naturally want to be better than the other woman always so i noticed like they'll starve themselves more or they'll do whatever it takes to drop that extra quarter of an inch men it's not as noticeable but um i noticed a lot of guys that i competed with would just like i would be like oh i'm gonna eat this and they'd be like oh my god why you can't eat that why because it doesn't it won't go with your with your training and your diet and your blah 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 i'm like what (laughs) calm down right so there's people that get like that serious into it but they're not even competing really yeah so it's it's either like this or that like there's no there's there's no no middle ground no middle ground wow that's fascinating yeah that's so interesting Okay. I mean, I, so I definitely see what you're saying about it, yeah. it going down like an unhealthy route. And, yeah. And, it's and a, a lot of people have a hard time pulling out. Like, you ever notice, I didn't mean to cut you off, no, you're but fine. Uh, a couple of the idols they've talked about, like, uh, the reverse dieting coming out of, out of shows, people will literally go from a show lean ready and put on 40 pounds. Like, wow, that can't be healthy. Because they lose either. their relationship with food. So it's almost like we, we go back for doing it for the wrong reasons. Um, you know, Andy, for so we're talking well, seventy-five hard. It's to develop the mind to be able to be sustainable and learn a healthy relationship with everything in life. Whereas, like the first and only thing that most competitors have ever talked about is, like, I can't wait to eat that donut. I do see a lot of competitors but say you know that. What the too. problem is, they don't eat that donut. They eat thirty of them. Wow. And then they eat the pizza. And they eat the burgers. Oh God, I can't, I can't even they, imagine what that actually does to you physiologically. A lot. Yeah, I can imagine. Because you take away all that sugar, and then you're just adding all that sugar back into the body. Right. Well, the mind goes berserk. Yeah, I've been like, <laughs> I've been, I've gotten really nerdy about the, the brain more lately. So like, I'm just kind of picturing that in my head, and just the the brain just firing like crazy. <laughs> Wait, I want more. <laughs> yeah, for real. It's only been five minutes. I want more. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Especially after being deprived for who knows how long 16, some, some people 18 weeks yeah, yeah some people do it for a, for a while yeah that's crazy so I, I actually didn't mean to go that far off topic right away <laughs> well not necessarily off topic but like I did want to talk about a little bit of your uh, your upbringing and stuff like that so we can get some context as to like what, why you're into fitness in the first place but I okay. went down that rabbit hole because I was uh, <laughs> it's, it's a fascinating world to me um, but if you don't mind just give some of the listeners like a little bit of a context as like you growing up did you play sports um, did you have did your parents like were they health conscious? They feed you guys, you know, certain foods. Um, I know you briefly talked about it before. You how you played sports in college or high school? Yeah, high school. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so no, my parents were not health conscious whatsoever. Um, but I've always been in sports: uh, baseball, basketball, um, soccer, briefly. So always running around. But um, the sport that I fell in love with was actually skateboarding. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I skateboarded yeah, too. I was younger, yeah, right on, man. I that's I eat, slept, breathed, thought, <laughs> dreamed, <laughs> skateboarding. So if I wasn't in school or work, I was on board. That's awesome. Barely any sleep. That's just what I did. Um, so I think that co- that really is where my uh, discipline came from, because so you're a skateboarder. If you have a specific trick that you want to learn. What do you do if it even takes eight hours? Do the same name over trick. and over yeah. and over and over and over. I still and couldn't master a trick flip, and fall man. Fall and fall and fall. That was my favorite thing. Ugh, and you do fall it. and fall and fall. But the one time you do it right, all those failures don't matter anymore. Right. It's like, yes. So I think just those types of extreme sports really hammer in discipline into people. So I did that. Um, and yeah, I played a little bit of high school, but then I just, I stopped, went straight into just skateboarding. And um, once I got to college and realized it was sophomore year, everything kind of went downhill uh, with life, depression. Um, that's when like bipolar really kicked in. Um, I just had, like hated everyone and everything. 
and um, I stopped skateboarding. I didn't know what to do with myself. And one of my fraternity brothers uh, introduced me to a guy named Greg Plitt. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. The name sounds very familiar. Yeah, Army Ranger. Uh, he was literally the like number one cover model for years. Okay. So, um, but anyways, he was real into mental health and fitness. And um, like real mental it, health, or like the fluff shit they put out in the media these no, days. No real mental okay. health. Yeah, like real, but not not the, <laughs> not the fluff shit. <laughs> and uh, sorry, it's like my word, yeah. word right now is fluff. <laughs> so uh, I got into him, um, and I was like, well, I never really thought about going to the gym. I don't know why I didn't, and I just kind of started, and then my life completely turned around because that same discipline came into effect of consistency and I never missed and then I noticed like my grades started getting better um I was able to sleep better I wanted to you know be involved with things more and it just everything went positive so I just never stopped so was it was it just the discipline aspect that you got from training or was it was there more for you um so in weightlifting the term is the pump, which when you experience the pump for the right reasons and those endorphins are running through you, the dopamine and everything, um, it's almost like a clarity. So it's, it's the time when I feel most comfortable and I crave it every single day. So it doesn't matter if I'm going on a hard training day or a light training day, I always make sure that I hit them levels to where I feel comfortable with, um, obviously you're uncomfortable, but for some reason in my mind, I feel at ease, like at peace. You can find comfort in that discomfort? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you also, you mentioned it, uh, I, I read about it on your bio on Run Everything Labs website. So if you guys want to read more about Justin, I'll link it in the show notes for the, the episode. But, um, you, and you just mentioned it about you being bipolar, you're diagnosed bipolar, but you don't consider that a label anymore. Um, why is that? Um, so when we were younger, now it's even worse, but when we were younger is when they kind of started the whole labeling, like he's got ADHD or he's, and they use the labelings to hold people back when it was, it wasn't until, um, I started more in psychology and my art therapy professor taught me that you can use the ADHD and the bipolar to actually to your advantage. Like for instance, someone with real ADHD thinks faster than the average person because your brain is always hopping to the next topic. And but they make you, it seem like such a bad thing. Yeah, it, which it can be. Of if course. It's, if it's um, played wrong. So most people with mental health disorders tend to latch on to negative things because negative is easy whereas positive is usually harder, right? So lifting weights is positive, it's hard. Yeah. No one wants to do it, No. but we're gonna do it anyways. Absolutely. Whereas, what's easy? Sitting on the couch and watching TV. So what happens when someone with ADHD, depression, or whatever does that? It's gonna get worse. Right, yeah. Whereas if you apply it over here, it's gonna get better. So she taught me how to take those, you know, the depression and the, but also the hyperactive, and apply it to learning more things at once. Whether it, it didn't matter if I was doing four different subjects at once, if I just 20 minutes here, 20 minutes here, 20 minutes here, 20 minutes here was better than zero minutes. So I was jumping, you know, back and forth. And that's actually when my grades, like where it went from like A's and B's to all A's. Wow, okay. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, no, I was diagnosed bipolar. Um, it really hit me, uh, junior year with a breakup for some reason of college I, yeah in college oh, okay. and that was the same time the you know when i was introduced to greg plitt and like everything just kind of spiraled i don't know why it did but it did and that's the th i think the thing about the, like the real you know the mental illness is you don't really know why it just kind of happens and i just felt like everything was ripped out from underneath of me um because of the way it happened. You know, you, f you find out like the last four years was like a complete lie. Right. It's just, you, I felt worthless. I felt meaningless. Uh, I wanted to die, like things like that. And you don't know why. 
So that's when it was because, because of the disorder they yeah okay and, and so once everything was leveled out and uh, everything like that um, you know I was on the medications uh, for a couple years and I just after I got more leveled out with bodybuilding and just lifting weights and my life I wanted to do it for me. I didn't want to be after being in the field and seeing where people are that are labeled get put. I didn't want to be that, so I tapered off. I'm not saying don't stop taking your medication. It's just I, for me, the weightlifting was able to get rid of my medications along with other, you know, positive activities. So um, schedule routine schedules plays a huge role. So. Makes first thing sense. I do when I wake up, I train. I have to. Because if I don't, the rest of my day is destroyed. It sets the tone for the day yeah, for you? It sets the tone. Because, again, the, your endorphins are rushing, your dopamine levels are going down. Excuse me. And it allows me to get to that state of mind that the medication did. I was actually going to ask you about that. Is the, does, the, does the training kind of help you gain a level of awareness over yourself yep. that, that maybe the medication did before yep the exact same way that's amazing see yep. that's 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 the one thing i've been trying to find a way and this is why one of the reasons i want to have more people on the podcast is to get people to understand that it yeah looking great is awesome getting super strong is awesome but like the mental clarity that comes from it all it's huge it's yes man it's, it's so huge and that's huge. why i thought that was amazing that you don't necessarily label with something that they diagnosed you with uh-huh. because you've been able to control it better y- and, yeah. and it sounds like you even use it to your advantage yes because well the adhd i use to my advantage all the time because i'm super outgoing and I can oh, yeah, usually I carry on a conversation with like three different people at the same time. That's impressive. that's how I use it. I, str- <laughs> I struggle just so with like this. like when we were at, like at Vegas for at the Olympia, dude. <laughs> the amount of people, people everywhere. between you know like the coworkers in your ear, it's like I could have a, a you know they're telling me one thing and then I have a customer walk up and ask me for something, but someone else comes walk up. I didn't miss one thing. That's so that's, that's kind of like where you can you can use it if. You know the multitasking if it's used properly but also the downfall of adhd one of the main things is um, forgetfulness and not completing tasks so for years i had to make myself complete everything i started to make it a habit so again positive habits and that's kind of how i was able to you know use it like all right i can actually do more <laughs> see I, you know, that's that's i'm so glad you're like it seems like we're just on the same wavelength about things. Um, do you mind explaining why habits are so important to other people? Um, well, I have, but again, I just think, I think <laughs> it's the, the, the context from somebody else. It's definitely, it helps. The, yeah. Uh, a habit can be good or bad. There's no absolutely. in between. It's, it's either a good habit or a bad habit. Smoking, obviously, bad habit. Right. There's no beneficial value for you. Right. Eating healthy, good habit. So the whole, it takes 21 days to develop, it's all bull crap. It takes repetitive action day after day after day after day for a long period amount of time, which is 75 days. Yeah, it, it, it takes works, a long man. time. But when you develop good habits, and what I mean by good habits, especially for the listeners is, um, okay, uh, you wanna be financially free, okay. But you have credit card debt, you have car payments, groceries, medical bills, whatever. All right, so what are your priorities? Paying off the medical bills and the credit card debt so that you can be more financially free. What don't you do now? Probably buy crap you don't need, go party, and spend money on useless stuff. Okay, so what habit do you need to create now? Proper budgeting. So when you create a proper budgeting and then you stick to it paycheck after paycheck after paycheck regardless that's of how you're create feeling a healthy habit and that's why i try like when i try to tell people it's not all about fitness it's about life so that can be money management let's talk about family okay so you want to you you feel like you're not spending enough time with your family okay so what do you do 
you create a schedule. Make it a habit. This is when I wake up. This is when I do me time. This is when I exercise. This is when I do my reading. But this is family time. And you make that family time that habit, right? That's a positive habit. So it's habits. That's it's what's going to get you further. Absolutely. Whereas a negative habit is going to sink you down. That makes complete so, sense, man. And the sooner that you can, you know, notice, the better. Well, that's half the, <laughs> that's half the battle, right? You just or admitting it. it admitting yeah. it. That's that's what a lot of people have problems with. Is it, I mean, do, do you have anything that's helped you overcome some of those negative habits that you've uh, been able to impl- implement within yourself? Um, I mean, at first it was understanding where I wanted to be, which obviously changes every single year. But really clarifying but, your goals. But clarifying the goals and actually having an understanding of why. So everybody wants a million dollars, but no one knows why. They just think that it's going to fix all their problems. Right. Everybody wants a brand new Porsche. Why? What's it going to do? What's, what problems it makes them it? look you, cool? You see what I mean? Yeah. yeah no, I, yeah. I know so, what you yeah. mean. Yeah. So they have to, you have to really identify why you want something. And if you can't, nine out of 10, you don't actually want it. You think you want it. So identifying what you want is going to help you clarify the goals that you need to set to create the habits in order to get you to that goal. That makes sense. So, but for me personally, um, it changed over time. Um, in college it was, I wanted to be the first one in my family to graduate with degrees. I got two. Um, and then outside of then it was, I wanted to, well, compete. <laughs> so there was that one. And then, you know, I met my now wife. All right. I want to have this really awesome life with her. So there's my goal. And I broke it down and I created. Now I have a son. Well, now everything is for them. Right. So all my goals, everything I do in a day is aligned around the direction I want the family to go. Okay. So everything I do every single day is to inch us one step closer to where we want to be. That makes sense. So you start with the why and then break it down from there. Mm-hmm. Hope everyone does taking notes on that one, though, because <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think habits are just so under undervalued. I mean, I, th- I feel like human beings are, are habitual in their nature. Yes. You know what I mean? So it's like you're going to start a habit one way or another. Why not make it a good one pushing the needle forward? Yeah. And it, and it also doesn't help, which, again, we were talking about the way that the world is now. You mean in the current state? In the current yeah, state. It does your, make it challenging. Your participation trophies. It's like, <laughs> yeah. you don't have to do a goddamn thing. Right. But you're going to get a trophy. <laughs> it's like, you're not helping that kid. No, not You're at not all, helping man. him. Not at all. Especially it's... a high schooler. <laughs> right. They're, they're a couple of years away from the yeah, real world. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, right, so what you're saying, I don't have to actually like do anything and I'm still going to get rewarded? Sweet. Right. Well... Look where that got us. Yeah, <laughs> and it's only going downhill. Yeah, but I mean, with any with any luck, we can people like you and I will make a difference. <laughs> <laughs> I got my fingers crossed. Okay, so now I'm going to get into the stuff I really want to talk about more, and that's the strength as aspect of it all. Um, I really wanted to to pick your brain about like uh, some like accessory movements you you like to do to build up your bench. I mean, we, you and I briefly talked about before. Um, just the, the, the importance of having strong hips when it comes to, I mean, everything. I would say everything. Yeah. But I mean, I would love to hear your opinion on that more. I mean, like, I guess first question, let me just start here. Cause this is what I'm really curious about. If you had to pick one exercise, like one accessory that would impact the three big lifts, like the bench squat and deadlift, which one would you choose? If there even is one that could really benefit all three. Weighted lunges. Weighted lunge, okay. Now, how, how would a weighted lunge help with a bench? So, with your leg drive. So, if your hips are tight, you can't externally rotate. So, when you're setting up for a bench, there's a reason why elite powerlifters have an arch in their back and they're driving through their legs and their hips. Um, it's because the way when the bar comes off and the, the lifter's tight, everything is kinetic. It's all pulling down, 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 down. You think of your back kind of like twisting like a like a spring 
and that's coming down, but when it's coming down, you're loading your hips and your quads. So it's almost absorbing all that weight and it comes back. Well, what happens when you can't load your hips? I'm assuming your shoulders are gonna take a beating. Yeah. Yeah. So everything falls apart. So um, I guess that maybe. And I did kind of just put you on the spot yeah. with that one. <laughs> I mean. Because I've heard some people talk about like a good one. And again, curious to hear your opinion. Uh, like a straight bar pull down is really good for deadlifts to help work on straight arm scapula strength. Yes. Because you're locking in. Right. Yeah. Would you say that has a lot of carryover to bench and squat as well? You know what? Yeah, I guess it would. Just uh, pull, down, pull downs because you are loading your lats in a bench press. You're loading your lats on a squat. You're loading your lats on deadlifts. Oh yeah. How how, how does somebody now I, I understand it, but again I, I don't know if I could explain to someone else. How does someone how is somebody loading their lats while doing a bench press? <sighs> so because so, so, I feel like everybody newer lifters when I get into yeah. the gym they they want they want a they want a strong bench they want the biceps not realizing that it their back is everything pretty much nothing to do with the chest right yep. <laughs> um. So that would be one of the ways that bodybuilding could teach you proper mechanics. So when you're doing the pull downs, pullovers, seated rows, dumbbell rows, um, barbell rows, seal rows, whatever, you learn to have a, a, a bind muscle connection to your lats. You learn when you feel like you're actually using them, engaging them. So like a pull up, if you can learn to pull up and engage your lats in your pull ups, you can do 10 times the amount because now you're not just using your arms. You're actually using the, one of the biggest, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, the, the lats yeah. are huge. So um, I think that, so when the bar's coming off, most people just kind of like sit like this. Well, you're not loading your lats because you're not. But when you're tucked in, do you hear it connect? Yeah. And then as the bar's coming off, your elbows naturally kind of externally rotate, which takes your shoulders out of the equation. Your shoulders no longer can be injured because of, they could if you, you know, bar pass bad. But now you're out, your lats are loaded. So now when the bar's coming down, it's coming down at a slight angle, down to this, uh, right in the sternum cap, which is right above where you load your lats. <clears throat> and when you learn to use your back in your bench press, that's when the numbers start going up. But it's just it's it's just really just learning. I mean, really, man. The the big three is just repetitive. Just get the motion down. Understand your form, the mechanics, and then do them over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And hope that when the time comes when you compete, you don't mess up. Right. <laughs> that's that's an important factor. Yeah. <laughs> is there anything you work with with your clients that get them to to better understand the leg drive portion of a bench press. I've, I've found so far that it's it's very hard to get people to understand that. Yeah. Um, because I got to imagine you're losing a lot of power. Losing a lot. Yeah. I, uh, over time, usually it's, I'll start them off dumbbells and, and learning and then positioning. And then when I can get them in person, so like Tyler, for instance, um, I shout helped, out. like, yeah, <laughs> shout out Tyler, helped him, you know, learn to uh, pull his back in a little bit and understand. But, I mean, usually the, if it's a power lifter, they're more concerned with it. If it's just someone, some general weight loss people, because I usually get more general weight loss people, but I tend to program them a little bit more sh strength training without them realizing it. So they're like, hey, I'm getting thinner but my weight's going up but i'm also a lot stronger I'm like ah <laughs> that's the goal <laughs> that's the goal <laughs> but um i don't really mess with it too much unless they are unless they're serious about serious it serious about powerlifting yeah but if they're just doing the the motion more or less to get it uh you know if it's like the two by eights or three by tens i don't really mess with it too much okay that makes sense respectively yeah no that makes complete sense absolutely yeah. Okay, so when, because I know you, you said earlier that you, you were pulling conventional, so I guess you, I suppose you do both. My regular pull sumo, yeah. So when we were doing, def, when you do deficit pulls, you, it's, uh, I do my deficits conventional. Okay. Has, it has a lot of carryover to the sumo. That makes sense. 
how do you help someone determine which one is better sumo versus i mean i've heard others talk about like femur length and all that stuff i don't know anything about it yes overall it's what's more comfortable for the client yeah it always comes out of that yeah yeah so uh junior likes to pull conventional he hates sumo can't do it whereas tyler likes sumo so it's really i mean it's just like when i first started deadlifting i deadlifted conventional and I always had, I have like a, a slate bend scoliosis. So I, for some reason, my right um, side would always hurt. Didn't matter how good of a straight line I was pulling up and down, it would hurt. Whereas, so I had a buddy work with me and he set me up in sumo and I just, over time, went away. So I don't know if it has something to do with uh, the way the setup is where, cause I don't know all the science and stuff. I don't study like, the CSCS stuff or CSCS um, behind it, but uh, it takes away like the lumbar pain, the proper term, because now it's it's hamstrings, glutes, and the bar. I was gonna say, I mean, it's, it it seems like it's a bit more hip drive than yep. anything with with sumos. Yep. And you notice a lot more strength progression with with doing sumos yourself. Oh hell, um, no! Actually, when I first started it, I was very weak. Oh yeah, because I had really small legs. Uh, I had no butt, like none. I bet you your wife is probably <laughs> that's changed. She likes that now. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I had no ass. Um, my sumo, like I could barely do, was like two twenty-five. <laughs> just couldn't do it because it just I. It was a lot easier conventional. I just a uh, leg dra- leg press the floor, and you know everything's pushing down, coming up, which is the same thing for a sumo. So with a deadlift, you have to look at it. You're not pulling you're pushing the floor away from you oh i like that can you mind elaborating a little bit more on that so when you're grabbing the bar your arms are anchors your arms are not meant to bend or try and curl the weight they're just anchors and when you're deadlifting so if you're if you're deadlifting conventional you're when you set back you're literally leg pressing through think about it you're just holding that the weight make, a different way. That, that makes complete so sense. If you brace properly, and your your form is good, you're literally pushing the floor away from you. See, I I never I've always heard people say it like that, <laughs> but you it's saying weird. that and then and now I'm thinking about a leg press. It makes so much fucking sense. Yeah, because that's you're you're absolutely right. That's exactly what you're doing. And, I'm, yeah. and now I need to start doing more leg press. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it's it's literally. I mean, that's really essentially what you're doing you're pushing but i mean the deadlift is the most like complex like lift ever there's the slightest if your shoulders are over the bar just a little bit for every inch your shoulders over the bar you're taking 20 to 30 pounds off your lift wow really so if you're not yeah because it's leverage that that makes sense so it's, it's all about leverage um yeah okay so um <laughs> What is the one thing when it comes to conventional or sumo that you think most, like if you were to give like one pointer to everybody that that would help them, that you probably see, I don't know if I'm wearing this right, that is like the most common movement fault almost. Oh man, so I'm, learn- I'm still learning myself, but for conventional, um, most people almost straight leg and like back extend the weight up so they're not actually pushing through and shoving their hips to the bar oh Um, so it's almost like their lower back yeah which is where you get that that rounded up right yeah um for sumo usually it's people way over the bar which is what i was because my hips were never loose enough i was never able to sit back behind um so proper positioning um, which again is going to take a lot of weight off. So um, learning to almost s- uh, straddle the bar and straight down, straight up. So kind of like a box squat. Like when you see people do box squats and they sit down and then they rock back and rock forward and it's good. That's not a box squat. You want to down up. You want to almost think of like the sumo, like if you watch like some elites, like lifters, you ever notice they're down, they get real technical with the setup and then they down, grab the bar and they pop their hips 
it's set down and drive straight up. Yeah, I have noticed that before. That's what you want almost to do. So that's, but that's still something I'm working on. But I still pick at people. I'm like, hey, you should be doing this too. <laughs> well, I, I feel like it's almost easier to, to notice things that you're doing wrong than other people. And people are doing wrong. Yep. And I'm like, don't do that. <laughs> I still do that, but don't do that. <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting, though. You know, it's uh, because you just you said you said something there about opening your hips up. How how much mobility work do you do, and how much does it help with the act, like you actually getting stronger? I do mobility work nightly. Yeah. Yeah. So, and have um, you noticed which we'll do after this? Yeah. So I do um, Romwad uh, three days a week, and uh, which is range of motion workout of the day. It was mainly for CrossFitters, but um, the carryover, especially on my squat, has been crazy. Yeah. Because I feel like my my hips almost like got like lubricant. So like when I'm going down into the squat, it's not as it just feels looser. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it feels stronger. Absolutely. Um, but the mobility work is so undervalued in this industry for especially new people. They're like, ah, it's not <laughs> like, important. Yes, you do. Cause yeah. I said the same thing and right. I wish I would have started. Uh, right? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, I wish someone would have punched me and said, no, go roll on the lacrosse ball. Yeah. You know what I mean? You should do that before you even look at a weight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, the mobility work is your lifts now not for your general bodybuilding and stuff like that but when it comes down to your deadlift squat bench where you need your body firing on all cylinders like like you're pulling a deadlift if one of your say your left glutes firing and your right glutes not firing that's going to cause your lats to not be able to pull tightness which in return is you're going to see people like they're like kind of like that right it's like because they started down here it's a chain works up so if that's not firing well what are you going to do you're gonna pull crooked and most likely gonna get hurt. That's a good point too. So mobility work, do your mobility work. <laughs> I hope people are hearing that. <laughs> I really am. Honestly, just finds it can be on YouTube. For, I mean, there's there's minutes. so much out Dude, there. There's yeah. so, it's so there's so much free stuff. It it's really unreal. Is. I wish we didn't have this. Right. It's well, it started, but we didn't look for things like that. Right. Because <laughs> again, we were dumb young kids. <laughs> <laughs> but we learned from our mistakes. Yes. Yeah, but you have noticed that, like a like has it been like a massive increase in your your strength when you started doing more mobility work? So I started taking it very serious. Um, like I said, I you know I got in a Ramwad uh, because one of the powerlifters I follow was sharing things with that, and I started getting into that. Which because I was like, oh yoga, that's silly, but it's not really yoga. It's like certain positions that have to do with a weightlifting movement and you hold it for an, a massive amount of time so like i had caitlin do it for the first time yesterday or friday one of the days and she goes we have to hold this for four minutes that's <laughs> like i know it sucks well it makes sense though i i remember i don't, I don't know if you ever heard of kelly Sturat. he's a he's a physical therapist who's Mm-mm. um he's, he's oh, wait, dr kelly yeah from columbus Nah, he's oh, out. A different in, one. Okay. He's out in, uh, I think, in San Francisco. Okay, I was like, whoa. <laughs> but he, he, I read one of his books, and he said that I think in order for us to make a lasting, um, or actual adjustments to our tissue, it has to be at least two minutes. So that kind of makes sense. Why it would that makes be, perfect sense? Why it would be such a whole yeah. long hold? So I started doing that um, when I started seventy five hard. I did it as my outdoor workout. Um, three days a week and then the lunges the other four days a week and the carryover with my regular training and diet uh, uh, my bench went from just under 300 to 335 wow okay my deadlift so at least a 40 went, pound yeah, increase my deadlift um, I was barely pulling 425 again to 500 <laughs> Damn, that's that's a that's a drastic <laughs> and jump, then, Yeah, and then the squat uh, went from right around three sixty-five to four twenty-five. Damn. So um, that is a huge m- difference. Huge difference. Um, but not just with the numbers, but with my daily like when I wake up, I can bend over, put my socks on. <laughs> right. Like things that matter. So, you know what I mean? Like right, real absolutely. life, real life things. Like that people don't think of. They're like, oh, 
I have to roll around and put. I'm like, no, that's not a good thing. Like, right. You shouldn't have to do that. No, not at all. So, Even when you're older. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't have to do that. Right. So, and I can do that now. That's so, awesome. But never touch my toes again. I'm so you're the second person I've had on and talked. To, and mobility came up, and it just makes me happy. Yeah. Because hopefully people will get the point. <laughs> yeah, no, mobility is very important. Hundred percent. I couldn't agree more with that. Man. Yeah. Um, well, there was something else I was going to say. I think it was on the mobility thing, but now I'm drawing a blank. I don't know. <laughs> um, but the other thing was because we were talking about it briefly earlier is you said you were looking to compete again this year in powerlifting. Yep. So I figured uh, if you want to just tell me again what you're going for and stuff like that, so you can put yourself on the spot for later. Yeah. Damn you. <laughs> <laughs> so my goal numbers are a 550 deadlift, um, a three. Uh, 35 bench and a 500 pound squat. So 13 and some change. That's yeah. That's that's some pretty big numbers, yeah. man. That's exciting. Yeah, and at 160 would be my competing weight. 160. Pounds. What's the typical total for people around your your or that you've competed against at least? Uh, the only I've only done one USPA L meet, and uh, oh god, I can't remember what he did. Um, I think he. Benched 330. He squatted 505 and he pulled like 545 around there. Okay, so, so right, it'd be a, about right around, around that. You want. Yeah, right around just different fluctuation numbers. Okay. So, yeah, that's kind of like my goal. Um, obviously, I'm going to shoot for the moon of course. after that, but like it's all attainable. A lot, a lot of and powerlifting is your mind. Yeah. It really is. You like. The day before I pulled 500, I like I pulled four between 480 and 495 for like three weeks in a row, but for some reason that stupid little number it just gets you, and it's got me for years. You know what I mean? And I was just like, why I, I can't do this? But I'm just like, the night before I sit here and I'm looking there and I'm, I I try and visualize me standing there with the weight in my arms, or I'm I I feel what it feels like to be holding that much weight um same thing with the squat like i just picture myself doing it the bench i see myself benching that much <clears throat> and you just bring it into life so so visualization has helped you overcome that stuff the the strength stuff a lot yeah is there any other techniques you use because like i agree with you when it comes to the strength side like it, it it seems like it's a mental thing but I think for like the average person, it's just getting to the gym is a mental thing. So oh. I, I feel like the, the same mental you're talking about could apply to someone who just needs to get their ass to the gym. <laughs> uh, it, I mean, visualization works either yeah, way. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, visualization, that's, <clears throat> excuse me, that's what I've used for everything we have right now. I've visualized this damn gym now for two years. It's it's awesome, dude. It <laughs> it really fucking is. It's yeah. like exciting for me to be in here right yeah, now. Yeah, for literally two years. Um, no excuses. Damn fucking yeah. right. Yeah, that was a cool Christmas gift. Um, I've you know I've visualized um, the car that I drive. Um, I remember I had two cars. I had a just regular Jetta and a GTI, and I remember looking out that window two years ago, and I'm like, I'm like there's gonna be a GLI out there every like one day there's going to be one out there every morning that i walk to my car i visualize what it'd be like to unlock the car get in the car the way it would feel the way it would drive the sound the engine would make all that crazy cuckoo stuff until the day it literally happened and like the moment that i sat in that car at the dealership i just kind of was like eh. You know what I mean? Cause like, it was, yeah, because yeah, I was like, wow. Almost too good to be true. Yeah. Um, now, that's not saying that the visualization is what gets you what you want. It's, again, developing the daily habits, the positive habits that put you in the direction to get to that. But it all starts with you have to believe that you can have something. But you also have to put in the work to get to that something. Like so you, okay, so it's not just it's not just having the belief, but it's yeah, actively yeah. working towards it. So it's it. like like I'm I, I I see myself. I'm like okay, I visualize myself holding 550 now. I do it every single freaking day. <clears throat> every time we deadlift, I I'm like that is nothing. Why is it even a big deal? Just pick it up. But I understand that it's going to take day in and day out of sweat and work to get to that point. 
But if you never believe that you can get to that point, then everything else in between has no purpose. That makes sense. So it yeah. starts with a belief. Yeah. The why you talked about in the yeah. beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think I'll wrap it up with one last question. And this is, I, I've been trying to think of like the best question to wrap the podcast episodes up with. <laughs> um, but, you know, for me, it's like just getting control of my health and fitness has impacted my life tenfold. Like I never would have imagined I'd be sitting in the middle of West Virginia right now having a conversation with you. Uh, like if, I never even imagined having the balls to be able to do this. Just talk to a person I only became friends with over the internet. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like the, the amount of impact just taking better care of myself has had for me is profound. So I'm curious. And what's the one way that the like taking care of your health and fitness has helped you outside of just physically doing it? Everything. <clears throat> um, so it's transferred to every other aspect of your life? It has transferred to my wealth expenses. It has transferred to my relationships. It has transferred to my knowledge, the way I think about things and the way I um, attack things. So it's more strategic. It actually has meaning and value behind it. So with weightlifting, I just said you you have your <clears throat> your goal number you want to get to, and you have to understand what you have to do to get to that point. So all you do is you take that and you change the goal weight to the goal number in the bank account, or you change the the goal that you want to, what you want to look like, or you change the goal of what you want your wife or your husband to look like, or the goal of what you want your family to look like, the house you want to live in, where you want to live, uh, what you want to do, what car you want to drive. Take the necessary steps to get to that point. Is That's the point that everyone leaves out. They just say, we're here and we're here, yay. But okay, well, what did you do in between? Because it's not linear, it sure as hell ain't linear. Right, it can um, fluctuate. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, there's way more downs than there are ups. <laughs> That's the truth, man. 100% truth. <laughs> um, so, it's going to. It's it's uh, most likely at first it's going to start with your 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 physical, <clears throat> and then you're going to notice that once you get a good relationship in with food and understanding that your food is actually what's fueling your daily activity, then your mind is going to start getting better because, you know, be real. What's the commercials you see? What's the advertisements you see? All bullshit. It's all garbage. Yeah, it's all sugary filled junk that serves your body no purpose besides of a 15 second high. Yeah, that's the truth, man. So you get a better relationship with food. Understand what works and what doesn't work for you, which is going to change your mental health yeah and the clarity that way you think and in the world today yeah as we were talking about earlier mental yeah. health is huge yeah and it just snowball effect through life and that discipline carries over everything yep if you apply it that's the important <laughs> thing right you gotta apply it absolutely you can't get lazy so never forget why you started something the why again all right, man. I appreciate you being on. Yes, it was good. You yeah. think you wanna start shit? I ain't even from this world. Just call me Martian. I could kick you down a hole just like a Spartan. Fuck with me and you will never be pardoned. Yeah. Push myself to my limits. I'm in it to win it. Forget the beginning. It's now that you're living. Don't be forgiven. Don't fear what you're missing. A mind like a killer.